Welcome to the MX Vice Saturday show presented by 24MX. Uh, we're here live in Trentino. I'm uh, James Burfield, founder of MX Vice, and alongside me is the MX Vice editor, Lewis Phillips. What's up? What did you think? It was quite good, I thought. Yeah, there I mean, some, there were some different names up front, there were some different names at the back. Yeah, there were some battles. I feel like I kind of had everything I needed to get me excited for tomorrow. I think the uh, the interesting thing what you said was uh, just the, di the different names, but I just feel that the track seems different to previous years, uh, especially the first session this morning when it was very, very wet. Uh, yeah, everyone's saying this one line. Everyone. But that obviously comes from they had a lot of rain this week, which threatened to turn the whole event into like a, quag a quagmire. Quagmire? Quagmire. Quagmire? <laughs> quagmire. Uh, <laughs> that's funny anyway uh, yeah the rain this week was really bad by all accounts so it could have turned out to be a lot worse but by the last session it was pretty much yeah, dry everywhere it was pretty much normal but obviously there is now one fast good line which I think everyone found out in the qualifying race especially when hitting back markers we kind of saw it in the geyser Caroli battle but from what I've seen walking over here to do this podcast they are scraping some of the uh, shit off in like the outsides of turns and stuff, so it should open things up a little more tomorrow. Okay, so do you think they're probably gonna just literally grade the whole track? No, I don't think so. From what obviously I just saw what they were doing, it looks like they're literally just taking the muddiest sections. There's basically two corners that were really bad this morning. They're basically, I think they're just working on those to try and open it up a little more so it doesn't funnel into one line all the time. Okay. Because aside from that, the track is pretty good everywhere, sure. I feel like anyway. So hopefully tomorrow we'll see some good racing. Yeah, it's rough as well. I've never seen this place so rough. Like the uh, GoPro footage that went out this morning, uh, mxvice.com. Uh, great website. Great website. Uh, yeah, like the ruts at the bottom of the hills and stuff, like the braking bumps actually in the ruts were insane. Like, I've never seen it like that here. So it's pretty demanding. That's interesting you say that because uh, as, as well, uh, pit, uh, the straight of pit lane, that was, uh, that was really rough as well. Well, that's, that kind of has something to do with it being sandier than the whole track. But even so, the rain's obviously churned that up a little more because it's, uh, it's uh, well, it probably was kind of similar to recent years. But So let's talk about MXGP. Uh, one rider which uh, has looked fast all day is Tim Geyser. Oh, yeah, fast doesn't even cover it. He's been dominant all day. Uh, I think in free practice, he was a second and eight tenths quicker than everyone, uh, everyone else. Uh, time practice he was six tenths quicker than anyone else but that could have been so much more because he lost a second in sector two on his fast lap so had he not made a mistake or got held up or whatever happened on that part of the track that could have been another phenomenal time and then the qualifying race he wasn't dominant like he Crowley gave him a weak handle but that was almost more impressive to me the fact that he held strong didn't make any mistakes didn't lose his head and just kind of kept Crowley at bay because it's not, I presume, it's not easy to do that when you've got a nine-time world champion like putting heat on you for the entire moto. I mean, one thing I've noticed is the way that Tim seems to have a smile on his face around the paddock. He just, is, his whole body language just seems so much more positive and confident. Is that a, a good assessment? It's definitely a different Tim Geyser to what we've seen in the last couple of years. In the last couple of years, he did always have like a worried look on his face. Always looked concerned, but definitely not this time. Yeah, he's, he's I hate to say it, I don't want to uh, 
put bad luck on him or anything, but he's looking like Tim Geiser of 2016. And that was a long time ago now. That's what I actually was just writing about that before I came up to do this. It's laughable that people are... We talk about Geyser like he's never won a race before. Like, like I just assessed qualifying today. Gave him a huge pat on the back for holding Crowley off. He can do that. He's good enough. He's a world champion. But this is such a rebuilding process now that we are looking at him like he's a new guy and like this was another step forward. And then if he can get the overall win tomorrow, that will kind of complete the process, I guess. Yeah. Because he's kind of done everything now. He's won a moto, consistent podiums. <coughs> uh, consistent podiums. Now he's held Crowley off from start to finish and won straight up. So, yeah, just needs that overall win now. And he hasn't done that since Udavala in August 2017. So I'd imagine that monkey on his back is a bit uh, intense. I don't think we should take anything away from his performance by saying the track was one lined because if Caroli could have got around him he would have but Geyser seemed to have done enough is that the correct assessment? Caroli would gain time and then on the following lap Geyser would stretch it back out it was very, it was a real game of cat and mouse no one really had control for consecutive laps it literally bounced from the like the ball kind of bounced from one court to the next with each lap that passed so yeah like maybe on the last couple of laps when Caroli was really close because I did see one instance where Batmarkers kind of screwed both of them to be fair but I felt like Caroli a little more maybe he would have done something but Geyser there's, there's no way you can look at that as a definite like Geyser had this thing and I, I presume he could have maybe gone even faster if he needed to it, so it's not a case of um, Tony's got more in a tank for tomorrow you believe that Tim's actually left some on the in the tank as well for tomorrow yeah I don't think you can say that because Crowley was definitely pushing he was definitely pushing and I was actually interested to see that because there was like five laps from the end where he just kind of backed off a little bit and I thought that was it I thought that was him just saying like it's only qualifying seconds fine because it is this is a fair start like he doesn't need to win today but he then kind of reloaded and went after him again and went after him hard so how do you think that affects him mentally, knowing that he probably went after him hard and was unable to pass? I mean, we, we talk about this... I think it affects him mentally good, because he went after him and closed him back up to, like, five-tenths of the check flag. So he kind of knows He that. knows he's got him where he wants him, I feel. But then on the same other end of the spectrum, Geyser knows that he can beat Crowley if he starts with him. So I feel like both of them are kind of probably sat in their warnings thinking that they're the man for tomorrow. Cool. Um, a standout performance... I think is Arnold Tonus. <laughs> we said this on the podcast this week. You always say Arnold. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, sorry. Arno. Arno. Not Arnold. Not Hey Arnold. <laughs> I like Arnold though. Yeah, but when you say that, I just think of Hey Arnold. It's like Sinai Sanie. Anyway, yeah, Tonus was solid. Yeah. But oh, we've seen good races from him. Who cares at this point? He just needs to put two motos together because and that is an Achilles heel. So not only was he in third, but he had the third fastest lap as well. It was an easy third as well, because for whatever reason, <coughs> he managed to uh, break away early on and just kind of rode around by himself. But I was impressed by how close he kept Geyser and Crowley early on. Obviously, yeah. he was 29 seconds down at the end, so yeah, like whatever. But for the first couple of laps, he didn't drift too far back. Not that you'd expect him to ever battle with them, because he's not on that level, but... Just a nice little confidence booster for him. That's basically what he needs at this point. And another surprise, or not so much of a surprise, was Monticelli in fourth. Yeah, we need to just accept that this is normal. Yeah. 
And he was riding well. Yeah, he wasn't even a roadblock this time. Nope. We just need to accept that Monticelli is now one of those guys. And I think we won't accept that all year because it's so foreign. Even in the MX2 days, it never was that. That was never the case. But yeah, he started fourth, finished fourth, quiet ride, and yeah, that's just what Monticelli does. It's kind of interesting, um, and it kind of gives us some insight into the MX2 riders that are going to be coming up into the class next year. Uh, we see Monticelli, who's in obviously in his second year. We've seen, um, you know, Max Anstey. We've seen uh, uh, Jeremy Sewer, Pauls Jonas. These guys can make this next up. Kind of proves you're not at a dead end, I guess, when you leave the MX2 class. There is still room to move up. Yeah, is what you are getting at, I presume. Yeah, I'm just thinking that you know the Sterries, the the Watsons, the Vlanderans. I mean, they're all going to be coming up and causing chaos in the top ten. Um, another great performance by Paulan. He looked in control. Seemed to come through um, the pack. Yeah, he moved forward. He didn't come through the pack. He wasn't that far down. And he was definitely outside the top ten. He passed people who he should pass. It's not like he worked through anyone unbelievable to get to that spot. But, uh, yeah, he moved forward on a track where most people struggled. It was okay. Speed was good all day. I think he was second in both practice sessions. So, yeah, he's definitely in his normal position and a contender for the podium tomorrow. Like, there's nothing really but there's nothing really that makes you go, oh, this isn't going to be good or oh, this is going to be great. It's just kind of normal pooling. It's a business as usual, I guess. And uh, Team Italy <coughs> rounded off by um, another good performance by Lupino. Lupino needed that because he was quite good at the end of last year, but he hasn't really done anything this year, or and from memory anyway. Struggled a little bit last week. Well, just all season. I'm, like, he's not really had that whole standout thing. And to be fair, this wasn't standout either. But it was solid, and he's one of those guys who's in the category of just needing a uneventful weekend where he puts it in the top ten twice. So, um, looking at the next group of riders, we have Jonas, Sewer, and Simpson. And they seemed, Jonas seemed to have checked out a little bit, but then got reeled in by Seawer um, towards the end. Still, though, you can't forget that he is working his way back. Like we found out last week, he has, he's done one day of testing all year. So, like, whatever, just put him to the side and don't even overanalyze anything he does because just the fact that he's out there and in the top 10 is worth uh, kudos. But interesting, a few riders have said. Um, this is an easier track for riders in those positions because it's not as fast, not as just basically not as fast. So there's a few more places to like stop, take a breath, and then go again. Whereas obviously Matterly and Vulcan Squad, it's just kind of hold your breath the whole time and hope for the best. So that's maybe obviously we'll get onto MX2, but that's maybe where Sanai fared better than he has all year. So the fact that it's a slower track and there's more opportunities just to kind of take a back seat and reboot yourself a little bit probably will mean that there are some different names up front again tomorrow like there were today okay um simpson great ride as well looked fast we're gonna we're gonna do this debate again simpson was ninth simpson is a top 10 guy yeah it's not a great ride it's just a normal ride for sean simpson okay i i was just impressed by his speed his style he looked really in control um i he you know in a, in a pack of riders he 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 definitely stood out yeah, it was alright. You're a hard man to please. No, I'm not. I'm just a Sean Simpson. I feel like Sean needs more credit for what he does. Like, yeah, people, more too many people are kind of writing him off. I feel. So. And obviously he's proven them wrong. No, yeah, each and every week, no matter the conditions. But we, 
picked this 10th person in our podcast no, last week. No, you did. I had nothing to do with it. So this guy, is, is he's been knocking on the door. He's just come up from MX2. and He hasn't been knocking on the door. He's been a very long way from it. Well, not a very long way, but he has not been close to the top 10. No, but he's been in the... He's, as in knocking on the door of the top 20. Oh, I mean, yeah, exactly. His expectations this year was to, to finish in the top 20 and just get points. Yeah, the door to the top 10 was a long way away. Oh, well, yeah, a long way away. I mean, if you speak to anybody in the team, they, they would have said exactly the same thing. But he started in fourth. He was in sixth for quite a long time before um, uh, Seaworth and Simpson. I think they took him on the last two laps. As soon as anyone mentions Anton Gold to me, I just immediately feel sorry for Jeremy Seaworth, who tried everything imaginable to get by him for pff, the entire race pretty much like over jumping stuff under jumping stuff and trying to like cut across to the inside like literally tried everything imaginable imaginable and could not get it done until two laps to go yeah like when he made the pass i just felt like i could feel his sigh of relief <laughs> because honestly i've never seen someone try so hard to get by someone and just repeatedly not manage it but how good was that right? Because he didn't look out of place at all. Well, that kind of lends itself to that. The fact that Sewer couldn't get by him kind of shows that if Anton Goal gets to start, and anyone, I guess, in that cat- in that group of guys who wouldn't typically start in that position, they can hold their own a little bit. It just kind of shows what a difference a start makes, especially round here where, like we say, a little one-lined, all of that. Yeah. Obviously, I guess if this was Matterly, it would have been a different story because people attack you from all areas, whereas that's not really uh, possible here. But this is a testament to the MXGP uh, class in itself because we previously talked about, you know, the top 10 stacked, but now the top 20 stacked. You just never know, I guess. You just never know. Um, so there's a few... Uh, I know you like to go in order, but... What happened to Max? I crashed on that one. He was in the top 10, but he crashed on that one and then actually did well to come back to 15th. Okay. Um, and Tommy Searle... Yeah, solid. Just put in another good performance. Yeah, it wasn't really anything to shout about. Not bad, not great, just solid. And then one notable uh, omission from the top five is uh, GVH. You could say I called it. You did, but it's only qualifying race. That's fine. Just saying I had my little warning bells ringing. Yep. Just okay. wanted to see what was going to happen. And he, yep. may, he may answer that question tomorrow, but... Hmm. Okay. Um, now, do we have any news on Clement DeSalle? No. But something's not quite right. It was an odd day, especially on a track that he'd be great on. And you could say, oh, obviously he tweaked his knee last week in the first moto, but then he was fine in the second moto, finished fifth. But he was so... 19th in free practice. <laughs> yeah, he kind of never really... Um... Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> I'm still ill. This is podcast number four. He refuses to take Lemsip. This is podcast number four of being ill, so... He's like a child with medicine. Just you wait till I'm back to 100%. It's going to be, like, unreal. But, uh, yeah, not good. And, uh, yeah, he tweaked his knee last week. I don't know if that maybe he's gotten worse, or maybe he managed to do so well in the second moto because of the whole adrenaline factor. I don't know. And I'm probably going to be able to find out more as soon as we stop recording, because we're doing this straight after qualifying. Um, but, yeah kind of who knows there's also the hand issue from Matterly which I don't think is as much of an issue because he dealt with that all last weekend but he's definitely banged up in a few ways okay and uh, what about his teammate Jeremy Lieber uh, sorry uh, sorry Julian Lieber not Jeremy he was solid all day practice times good race good 
just this, what, this is what Julian Lieber does. People choose to ignore it, but he's just a solid top 10 guy on most accounts, and he was 13th today, but right there. I mean, if he gets to start tomorrow, it'll easily be top five. Yeah. I mean, that's how close it is. Yeah, this is, this is Julian Lieber. Yeah. He does I, this. I think in time practice, I think there was 12 people separated by a second. Really? Yeah. I didn't check that. Yeah, little stat for you there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's okay. Um, okay, uh, one person who's come back from uh, arm pump surgery and nearly went out straight again with a big crash in practice. Oh, what? Did he have a big crash? Yeah. What, in free practice? I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was free practice. It's either free practice or time practice. Because I was going to say, practice was not good. In both of them, not good. Yeah. And I was properly thinking, like, he may not. He may just pull the plug I, on this weekend. I got told Pacharel had a big one. So, yeah, I was impressed. Just when, even when I saw him go out to do the sighting lap for MXGP qualify, qualifying, I was like, oh, it's good that he's going to give it a go because this hasn't gone well. And to finish 17th is definitely okay. Like, yeah. this could have gone so much worse. And then, obviously, we we talk about him every week, but Brian Boger's in Koldenhoff. I'm guessing, <laughs> or should we say, Koldenkoff. Uh, Boger's is back to where he is on hardback, as we saw at Matali in Argentina. Yep. Volkenswad was an exception to the rule, being a Dutchman. We saw that coming as well. Uh, Koldenhoff pulled in on lap one into pit lane, and I didn't see exactly what was happening, but it looked like something was bent. There was a lot of levers being hit and all sorts, and he eventually rejoined the race like in dead, dead last. So... Yeah, 21st is is what it is. It's actually impressive that he got that far up because he was way back. Yeah. So, um, MXGP tomorrow is looking really good. Yep. Top three. three predictions now. Yeah. Who are you going to go with? Oh, for the first time this year, actually. No, I've changed. Just changed. Caroli. Yep. Geyser. Pauling. Yep. Okay. I was going to say Geyser, but then I, as I went to say the words, I was like, I can't do that. Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, maybe a bit influenced from what I've seen today, but I'm gonna go Geyser for the win. I'm gonna go Caroli second, and I'm gonna go Paul Amford. Thought you were gonna say Tonus third for a second there, and I was about to reach across the table and punch you. <laughs> no, I learned by my mistakes. So, um. I think Crowley and Guys are split moto wins. No matter what happens, I think yeah. one of them wins one and one of them wins the other. Yeah, I agree. I, th I can see Guys are winning the second one. I can see Guys are winning the first. Okay, cool. And then um, MX2, which we weren't overly excited about. No, you weren't overly excited about. Well, it's just the same old, isn't it? Prado checks out. Yeah, we don't need to say much about Prado. He won again. Whole shot. Great stuff. Dominant. Great work. Those KTM's though. <laughs> well, this was a uh, this was kind of the point where their start stood out because Prado started 15 gates in from the inside, and Vial was pretty much on the inside, or as far as I could tell. And both of them, from completely different positions on the gate, started one and two. So that goes to show that gate pick qualifying position has nothing to do with it for them. Put them anywhere, and they'll make it happen. So yeah. I look forward to seeing those two start one two tomorrow. And a little discussion we had in pit lane was basically we think if you put anybody on that KTM, they're going to pull a whole shot. It would be a great experiment. I just don't think 
KTM or with any letters. other than manufacturers <laughs> with letters. But if I, we could, some, I think I could put a whole shot on one of those KTMs. If I could somehow arrange for the top ten MX2 riders to all meet us at a private track with ten factory KTMs, yeah, it would be a great video and experiment. But yeah. sadly, probably not going to happen. And we're not being disrespectful to Prado or or, or Viao. It's just those bikes. Oh, Prado's going to be a great start. Are insane. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, Prado and Viao are the best people to get starts. And I guess so, it's their body size, yeah, their weight. There's every single thing's going for them out of start. Yeah. Everything. But uh, speaking of another, of another small guy, uh, Gertz was probably my most impressive rider for the second week in a row. Yeah, very good. I feel like... He looked aggressive. He was fast to begin the season and maybe aggressive too, but there were so many mistakes and that obviously hurt him in the results. I feel like he's kind of over that now and Volkenswagen was his breakthrough. And then today, in completely different conditions in the qualifying race, he looked strong. Yeah. So, matched Prado's times at points. Didn't lose touch completely. So, I actually look forward to seeing him at not just tomorrow, but the rest of the year because this seems promising. Yeah, I agree. And um, he, he, like I said, he looked aggressive. He looked like he was attacking the track. He was looking like he was trying to find different lines. Um, I, was, I was super impressed. I mean, that was the, the, the one positive thing I, I got from from watching uh, the MX2 qualifying. Wow, the one positive thing. Yeah, I was just very, it was very, very weird because did you see on like lap one, there was like Jacoby down in 19th or something I feel like crazy. I, 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 feel, I haven't watched the highlights yet, I haven't seen the TV coverage, I feel like there must have been a crash on the first lap somewhere. Well, I'm not sure what went on because at <coughs> one point, I think um, I seen Mitch Evans in 34th Vlanderen, I think, went down, or, or at some point in the race, um, you had Jeb Beaton, you had Vla uh, Evans, Vlanderen. There's all these great riders, which were just in between 25th and 34th. Yeah. Hello. I don't know. I thought you wanted me. To Hello. Say, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. Yeah, they were. Yeah. No, it's just something you didn't see, and but we didn't see them coming through to breaking through to the top ten. Yeah. And that's kind of, again, I guess, the track, what like, kind of supports what these people are saying about the track. Oh, I've just realised this this chatter is you buffering while you try and load the results on your phone. My phone's just shit anyway, itself. Literally shit <laughs> I actually, itself. I'm actually prepared, so instead of doing your buffering... Yeah. It's uh, just, this is a shout-out to O2. It, you possibly got the worst ever connection ever. Thanks to Free for keeping me going each yeah. week on the live O2, updates. O2, you suck. O2, see what you can do. Not a lot, apparently. No. <laughs> useless that, that was funny um, yeah Vial was solid third but it's insane to say at this point that's normal nothing out of the ordinary if you told me in January that Vial would be third in a qualifying race at round four I probably would have punched you in the face and told you you're an idiot but he's already changed expectations to that point yeah I mean I, I, you know the first couple of races I, I, I just couldn't accept that someone who was ninth in EMX 250 w should be around the top three but I've completely changed he, he, no one, his, his pace is good and he's only going to get stronger. Olsen started 9th or 10th and moved up to 4th, and then once he got to 4th, the gap to the top 3 was too big and just kind of rode around. In 4th, another quiet day really. Didn't really stand out in practice at all, which was a bit weird. Like, at no point did he enter the top 3 in either session, which is uncharacteristic for him being the series leader. Okay, but what, tell me about the USA guy. The USA guy, the Mitchell USA Harrison. The USA guy. Did you know? Wait, there we go. True or false? Mitchell Harrison has already finished on the podium in MX2. Uh, that's got to be a, a USGP. 
I, I'm true or false? Uh, true. Okay, yes, he has. He's done three USGPs in his career. Ah. He was on the podium in Glen Helen in 2017, would that have been? How old is he then? Um, oh, you're not going to know. Right? No, you're you not great stop asking me ages. Uh, yeah, okay. He's a little older. He's not probably but, 21, I think. But three, three podiums. No, three. No, he's had one podium. He's raced three USGPs. Oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't know. He's not on a perfect record or anything. Okay. But uh, anyway, yeah. He looks hey, good, though. Yeah, he got the deal earlier this week. I think he got here on Tuesday, rode twice before the race. That's what? got to piss you off as well if you're in MX2 and the guy just comes over. Yeah, but he's a good rider. He is a great rider. I know there's probably, some, that, there's probably some people out there rider. who have no idea who he is, but he's on the po been on the USGP podium before. He's had podiums outdoors with Factory Husqvarna. Yeah. Like, all good things. And obviously, I expected him to get to that level eventually, or this level eventually. This is quicker than I thought. But, again, not being negative Nancy over here. So he got a good start. Yeah. But equally, those people behind him weren't hounding him. No. He had breathing room, so... Yeah. So, uh, what has he been a privateer this year? Uh, yeah, he was on uh, Rockwell Yamaha. It was an explosive relationship. And by that, I mean his bike blew up a, a lot. lot. Okay. And yeah. last year? Uh, factory Husqvarna. Okay. And a year before? <laughs> oh, do you want me to just run you through his career? Yeah, no, no, I, this is, I, I'd just like to test you. This is I know where he, I can tell you what he's done his whole bloody uh, pro career. But um, this is, yeah, faster than I expected. Interested to see what he does if he doesn't get a good start. But then he was 26th in time practice, I think, and he pulled a fifth place start from whatever gate pick that gave him. Yeah. So you'd imagine with a fifth place gate pick tomorrow, he'll be a lot better. Or out of the start, I mean. So either MXGP have put some tacky stuff down on the green or we got it completely wrong because there's been a lot of people starting on the green and they've been pulling great starts. Yeah, it turns out that some riders were on that theory and some riders thought it was stupid. Yeah. So so there we go. So our whole theory well, on green. It's not our theory at all. We didn't come up with it. Don't try and take credit for that. I think I didn't you come up with it. No, it was Conrad. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Conrad came out with it. Oh, don't throw him under the bus. I'm not. You are. You had a bad weekend last weekend. The Team Muse bus is back up and running anyway. But, uh, yeah. Harrison, solid. Good. Harrison, very good. good. All good. Positive. Impressed. Not sure what he'll do tomorrow. All depends on the start. But I would be, if he starts 20th, I'd be very interested to see what he does. Yep. If he starts 6th, I expect him, like today, to finish up there. And, and moving forward. Shriveling. Moving forward, I think Harrison becomes a consistent top eight guy. Really? Oh, yeah. It's going to take time. Going to podium this year? Yep. Ooh. Turkey. Okay. Americans like Turkey. Just ask Zach Osborne and Thomas Covington. Okay. You're just showing off now, aren't you? What? With your stats. That's a very well-known stat. I think everyone knows that there's been two Turkish GPs and American riders of one MX2 at both of them. No, I didn't know that. First one, Istanbul, 2009. Yep. Zach Osborne's one and only GP win. Yeah. And then Covington last year at Affion. Okay, thanks for that. No worries. Yeah. So Did we you look out much this week? Trivelin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, solid. Solid, whatever. Yeah, yep. great. Don't really speak too much about him, do we? Same old, same old. Uh, but let's talk about Darian. Because it was great to see him back. Yeah, positive. well, back. Let's not let's pump the brakes on that. He's still dealing with Epstein Barr and who knows how it will go tomorrow. And he's not training or riding in the week and all of that. But the fact that he managed to put it in the top ten is 
great. And he said all along that if he, like uh, Matterly when I spoke to him, he said if he f put it in the top 10 twice, that will be enough for him to be happy. He considers that a good weekend in his current situation. Yeah. So there's no doubt that he'll be happy with that. The Dixon bike seems to be able to pull good starts. So maybe he starts up front again tomorrow. I doubt he'll stay that high up because a uh, long race and he's going to feel the effects of doing two of them. But still, good to see him trending in the right direction. Because at one point, it seemed like there was a very real chance that he wouldn't even race these rounds. So, <coughs> so yeah, good things, good things. Do you, do you want to have a lie down, or are you okay? No, I'm fine. Uh, okay. Yep. Ben uh, Watson? Yeah. Uh, he had no clutch. No clutch? Yeah. I don't know if that was the entire race, or just part of it, but he had no clutch. Wow. So we're looking for a better performance tomorrow with a clutch. Okay, so, um, so yeah. he was pointing at his bike, yeah, and that's that what why he was on he about. Had no clutch. But literally, what was that from? Europe? I don't know. I just, I just Lap know that he, I just know he didn't have a clutch. That's okay. all I know. Okay, but you're a big Ben Watson fan, so I'm not a fan. I'm a journalist. I'm not a fan of people. Oh, I oh. am a believer. Oh, uh, that is yeah. a very different thing. Yeah, believer. Having faith in someone's yeah. potential is a very different thing. Yeah. Okay. So that poster on your wall is uh, uh, funny guy. Funny guy. Okay. Uh, Renault good he's been good the last couple of weeks sneaky yeah, good yeah really surprised uh, Moreau uh, Renault Moreau we're just moving through the rides Brian just say Brian yep uh, back this weekend yeah after cracking his forearm in Argentina That's a I heard he had a big crash in practice as well I think Did he? actually oh. no actually Conway is actually nodding his head behind you well actually I question that now because I think someone told me something else but I can't remember anyway okay. his practices weren't good but yeah good to see him pull through in the race Jacoby came through after a bad start Van Donick looked good. Van Donick's racing with a torn ACL. Still, shocker, that hasn't repaired itself in a week. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering. Uh, Laranaga's back. I feel like you're picking up pace now. You're just trying to get through this to get to a pizza. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't think we really need to dwell. I don't think people really want a Moreau. But let, let's look at... Let's... You know, not disrespecting other people here. Oh, we're not... Why would you... Like, you say those things. We're not disrespecting anyone. You're disrespecting them by uh, not giving not. them the airtime. But because what I'm uh, saying is that what was interesting is is 20th onwards I mean okay so you say that I'm disrespecting people by moving through 8th, uh, 9th, 10th, 11th quickly you've just skipped over 9 riders and gone straight to 20th you could be eating your pizza now but you're arguing with me so what I was going to say was this is where we've, we've got Comrade <coughs> Pooches Beaton Evans Usland I mean these are guys that we don't necessarily see outside the top 20 so I need to do the, some, I need to is do this some the track? I need to do some research because something had to have happened on that one. Something definitely happened because... Because all these people were moving from way back. Yeah, like I said, it, it, I th I'm, and Dylan Walsh was 33rd. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there because time practice wasn't well, good for him either. Maybe they just put their bikes down in that I little spoke party mid-race mid I spoke to him yesterday and he said he was feeling good and after last week's crash, obviously. Yeah. And I think he got much riding and training in last week but or a week just gone, but yeah, not so sure. Okay. But... Uh, Back to the people in the top ten. Uh, Laranaga's back. Yeah. Didn't do. I like that. Wow, you just sound surprised at that. Um, didn't do so well in practice, like the others, but pulled through in a race. And I was actually thinking as I was watching him, before his double shoulder dislocation in Indonesia last year, he was actually getting quite good. So maybe he can get back to that level uh, by the end of this year. But I feel like people would be surprised by that because people forget. But he had a double shoulder dislocation. We've been over this on the podcast. Have we? Yes. I can't remember that. Right, okay. That uh, must have One heard. rider I actually want to talk about, 18th, Zach Pichon. Yeah. There are 
positive signs. Yeah, he was looking good. Like, I'll be the first to say, last year he didn't really do much. No. This year, even if his results aren't there, he's actually, like, poking his head into the top eight in practice. Doing the, In the race, he's poking his head into the top ten and then dropping back for crash, whatever. But there's little bits of potential there. I've which never I heard a rider poking his head. Yeah. You know, just like a little it. like like pokes his head in the top eight like hello everyone you're alright and then drops out but he's yeah. there for a little while yeah okay well done but Zach yeah, on poking your head out there's potential there I feel uh, Evans is banged up quite a lot yeah I spoke to him um, for quite a while yesterday and uh, he really is struggling I mean he was he injured one knee um, which I think he told you which was before yeah, that Argentina was a, yeah that was a post-Argentina break for causing him to miss the first French elite round. Yeah. And then what happened is uh, where he was compensating with his good knee, that ended up becoming a problem uh, through compensating. Then he had uh, a practice crash um, literally midweek, this week. So um, he's a little bit banged up. MX manager players beware. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we should probably talk a little bit like that. Uh, a little bit about MX manager. I mean, do we want to go predictions? Actually, I guess we better cover this. Vlandering was 40th. Don't yep. know what happened yet, but he never completed the first lap. <laughs> no, he, complete- he stopped in the sector th- just after sector three. Yeah, he completed the fir- three sectors, which could mean anything, but we wait to find out what the hell happened there. Gusto- We're doing this Gustavo Pessoa didn't have any Do you want to talk about the ASW magic? factory? Yeah, so we heard, um, which was you know a real blow to ASW over in Brazil. Um, they provide the kits for uh, the Dixon DRT team, and um, yeah, it like uh, it's pretty horrific fire, which uh, decimated the the whole AS, ASW factory. So all their memorabilia, uh, literally all their, literally the all the products, everything what was in stock is is gone. It's in ashes. Damn it. So my ASW order probably won't be arriving anytime soon. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I don't think the signed shirts are going to be um, coming our way for a while until they get a yeah back up and running. So um, there we go. Yeah, predictions then. Um, I'll go. Well, it's going to be <laughs> Prado. Prado one one. Gertz. Prado one one. <laughs> Jesus. We have man down. I'm going to die at some down. point. Prado one one. You got something in your throat? Prado, 1-1. Gertz, 4-2. Prado, 1-1. Gertz, 4-2. And then... That's boring. I don't even know what what you're talking about. Predictions, I'm just copying the qualifying results. You're not finished yet. Everybody's bored. I know there's people behind me, and I know you're just now showing off, because you like to do that on the podcast. We have Team MX Vice in the house. Yeah. I I actually don't know who's behind me. It's your best friend, Sean. Oh, now I feel pressure. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, Prado 1-1, one, one, Gertz 4-2, and then uh, Vial will go Vial will go 5-3. Okay, Watson I'm... will be 4th overall, and Olsen will be 5th overall. Mitchell Harrison will be around 8th overall, and that's my predictions. Yeah, I just don't know. I'm going to oh, go... Wow. I'm going to go with what I... I'm, I'm actually going to go with what I mentioned midweek, which was Prado, Gertz, and Watson. You did actually say that. Yeah, and I'm going to stick with that. Because from what I've seen... From what you saw, James. Yes, that one too. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm going to stick with that one. Right, should we go and get a pizza? Do you want to talk about MX Manager or not? Not really. Uh, 
Oh, well, I'll quickly go through MX Manager okay, go by on, myself. Uh, yep. Goal is 100 grand. Worth it because for that price, you just need him to get points. Yep. He's yep. on my team. Yep. Uh, Mitchell Harrison is 150 grand. Worth it after today. Just need him to finish around 13th for that to pay off. And uh, take one of those riders at those prices, and then you can afford someone like Paulin, who's almost guaranteed a podium. So big wins, big wins. Well, interestingly, I did actually change my team today. And uh, I think it's pretty strong. Do you want me to tell you about my team? No, not really. Uh, well, my team is good. Okay. Okay, I... You're waiting. Once again, he's buffering while he's waiting for his phone to uh, load. So, um, yeah, I, I had to remove DRT Kawasaki, which was probably a good thing because now Darian seems well, to be doing very well. I'm surprised you didn't do that immediately after you found out that he had Epstein Bar. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I can't. I can't even remember who I got. But I got some good people. I'm probably going to put Goal and Harrison on my team, which really? is a. I'm rolling the dice. Wow, I got some absolute bargains. Last week I rolled the dice with. It's on. It's on Twitter. If you want to see my team, it's on Twitter. Last week I rolled the dice and had Renault and Pooches as my uh, MX2 riders, and it so nearly paid off massive. But then they both shit the bed in the second race. I say that, but well, literally. I say that, but Pooches had a bike problem, and I believe Renault crashed. But yeah. I'll probably be rolling the dice again because, like I say, I take goal. Before I had Van Horbeek and, say, Jazakonis. Yeah. If I take goal, I can then have Paul in He's as well. He's actually behind you. I'm trying to focus on a podcast. Okay. If I take goal, I can have goal and Paul in. So then if Paul in goes 3 3. He keeps looking at you because you call his name. <laughs> if I have that rider. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and. And he and he goes fifteen fifteen, which is easily realistic. Yeah. And then Pauline goes free free. I feel like I'm quids in. Okay. And then MX two, I'm can't remember what I've having, but I think I'm gonna have Mitchell Harrison and then Vial. Okay. I've but gone, then Lieber's a good pick as well. I've actually gone with Vial in MX two. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for joining the conversation. No problem. No problem. Is that all you've got on your team, or? It's all I need. Uh, just Tom Vial, KTM. Okay. Uh, oh, hold on. Oh, his phone's loaded. <laughs> So I've gone with Mitchell Evans. Even though you just told everyone to stay away. <laughs> I've gone with Mitchell Evans, Tom Vial, uh, Arminis Jazakonis in Ivo Monticelli. Oh, Monticelli. Yeah. How much is Monticelli? A uh, couple of quid. <laughs> you don't know, dude. I think he's, I think he's about <laughs> maybe 250,000. He scares me, though, because he does like a crash. He loves a crash. Anyway, I think that's it. Right, cool. Right, we're off to get pizza. Uh... Yeah. Are we? Yeah. Okay. If you got any, uh, uh, like last week, if you've got any questions, comments, or anything, and you want help with MX Manager or anything, uh, tweet us or comment on Facebook, and I'll be there. Also, I just want to put out there if anybody uh, listened to last week's podcast and thought Lewis was very horrible to me and unfair, then please let me know on Twitter and uh, just abuse Lewis, really. Because, you fought uh, DeSalle Road a Honda. I actually had to go in. You fought DeSalle Road a Honda. Have some therapy this week. You fought DeSalle Road a Honda. You're an asshole. Right, see you tomorrow. Bye. See you tomorrow. <laughs>